Welcome back to Leading Matters. If it's your first time here, welcome. Uh, we talk about issues that impact leadership on the Leading Matters podcast, and I have a little play on words, obviously, that the fact that the leadership of an organization has a tremendous impact on where they're headed, obviously. Today, I've been holding this one. I actually did this about two, three weeks ago. It's with Christopher Wink. Chris is one of the co-founders of Technically. Uh, technically Philly in the Philadelphia region. They're also in Baltimore, Brooklyn, uh, Delaware. They cover technology. Their mission is to make cities better through technology. I may have butchered that a little bit to tell you the truth, but that's the nature of their mission. And this week, I've, I've held it for this week because as I speak in Philadelphia, Philly Tech Week is underway. And Brian uh, Kirk and, and Chris Wink, the founders of Technically, have spearheaded this effort, and it's quite an event because it's 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 uh, you know somewhat organized, but mostly organically organized. So a lot of folks in the in and around the region, there's a lot of um, media participation, a city uh, councilman, and yeah, I think even this year there's a there's a mayoral election in Philadelphia region this year. Um, so I think the mayoral candidate spoke last night. What I, I met Chris about, I want to say, 2010 maybe, and uh, there's an entrepreneurial group in Philadelphia that I was kind of checking out at the time and, and doing some work with here and there, and uh, that's when I came across Chris. They, they used to do these things called fishbowls where um, entrepreneurs would put themselves, quote-unquote, in the fishbowl and get some feedback from the startup community in and around Philadelphia. I, I was really impressed with these guys um, because what they're doing is they're taking a very hard line journalistic approach to local technology coverage in the regions that they cover and i that's i I was fascinated by it then i'm even more impressed with it today because the way look there's so look at look at the buzzfeed news that's just come out last week or a couple weeks ago where buzzfeed has um been guilty of removing stories because of pressure from some of their sponsors and advertisers uh, and then you look at, you know, shoot, even look at the Washington Post, you know, since Jeff, um, uh, the guy, Amazon CEO, totally escaping me, um, Bezos, uh, whatever, anyway, <laughs> uh, I'll try to edit that later, but I won't probably. Anyway, since that takeover, the Washington Post, I've noticed a very specific clickbait trend going on with their headlines and what they cover, what shows up in my Twitter and Facebook feeds and my news feeds. These guys are doing just the opposite. I mean, they're taking a very... Uh, clean and and, uh, integrity-filled approach to how they cover the technology community. And they do it with a purpose. They want to make the community better. And again, I I I don't know Chris real well, but I know him well enough to know that he's passionate about that. He's not even a Philadelphia native, but he's adopted the city as his own. And it's really quite tremendous to see what he's done, he and his partner, and uh, his partner, uh, Brian, and really where they're headed. And this event that they're running, I think it's the fifth year for Philly Tech Week, it's really blossomed into be something special. And the community's coalesced around it. They they serve the community. They But what you're going to hear in the podcast is in and across all of that, they have, you know, they're, they're a business and they're trying to make a living from that business and they're navigating the waters of things like, hey, how, how closely do we... Um, have a relationship with our sponsors and what do we do when we have to write something our sponsors aren't going to like more importantly there are about 10 to 12 employees now they've they've dealt with the issues of um 
how do we hire? How do we uh, make sure we're bringing the right people in? How do we make decisions quickly if someone's not working out? How do we get people that understand and want to adopt the mission that we're passionate about? And how do we set that mission cl with clarity so that we're guiding the organization where we want to go in the context of, oh, by the way, making a living as well? This is why I do these podcasts because there's so much to learn and hear with what these guys are doing uh, that I think it needs to get out there. So look, I'm, I've gone on for over four minutes here. My apologies, but I, I always say I, I truly do get excited by all these things because, uh, again, I learn so much by just networking and talking to these different leaders, and I want you to, to gain that as well. So without further ado, Christopher Wink, the founder of Technically, uh, some of the sites Technically Philly, Technically Delaware, uh, I think I want to say Brooklyn, and I know Baltimore. So uh, give it a listen. Also, it's middle of the week right now. If you're in the Philadelphia region, go down and, and take a look at the 2015 Philly Tech Week site. Pick out an event and head on down to Philadelphia to check out what they've got going on. Christopher Wink. Okay, I'm joined right now uh, by Christopher Wink. Chris is one of the co-founders of Technically. Uh, you might know them in the Philadelphia region as Technically Philly. They've been at it for about five, six years. And uh, just really excited to have, you know, I talked to Chris a couple weeks ago. He agreed to, to join me and share a little bit about what's going on. So, Chris, first things first, thanks for taking time out and giving us some insight to what's going on at Technically. Thanks for being interested to talk. I, I, well, I'm, I'm glad to do it. Sure, great. So, listen, Chris, I mentioned earlier that, um, you know, I've been focusing a lot on – I made a little uh, podcast the other day about uh, mission statements and that so many organizations have such – convoluted, verbose, meaningless mission statements that they really are difficult to have any impact at all. And more importantly, employees never really see how it may, you know, how does it make a difference to them? Now, what I find and what I've always found interesting with, with you and James have going on at Technically is that your mission is pretty clear. I mean, you, you stated it right up front. Listen, we want to build better cities through technology. And the team seems very committed to that. So you've added employees over the years. It's obvious that you've got a pretty strong team and that you're taking. And what I like the most is, is you guys are all journalists at heart and you take a very classical beat reporting, kind of local beat reporting approach. So could you share, Chris, with us, your vision on, on how you first set out to take technically in that direction and then how, and then more importantly, cause I know it's challenging to, to get off the beaten path as you know, you need to bring in revenue or, or do things to make a business grow. How have you stayed true to that vision? Yeah. So first off, I, I, we started from a simple, a, with a simple idea and that's, that's I think helped the mission remain somewhat simple. Um, and that was, we felt like if we started uh, back in February, 2009, uh, a couple of reporters covering a, an early stage technology community and first discovering it, the idea was if we're going to report on a community, if we're going to report on a community and it doesn't get better, whatever that, that metric means, it varies by community, and we can get into that. But if it doesn't get better over the course of your reporting, why do you matter? So from the very onset, the idea was if we're going to do this, we have to feel like we are, are contributing to making that community smarter, uh, stronger, more impactful, more inclusive, all of those words that we've in our reporting defined as, as what means to be better, which is obviously a big word. Uh, that's the goal. Uh, and so that was, that, was, that was the very origin of the idea, why do something unless you're making it better. Uh, and when you start fresh with an idea like that, it, it, it helps to carry through. So we struggle with that, you know. 
what fits our journalism aesthetic and our ethics. Uh, we have to challenge it all the time, but we usually can come back and say, is this a thing that is making our community better? And it's usually a place we want to be if it is. So that, that's step one. And step two is, I think you're alluding to, as you build the organization, how do you keep the mission to it? Is that, is that, a, is that a good assessment of your question, Joel? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, then I guess I just started saying that where it is hard. Uh, we, we, you do bump into, into, into work you can do, revenue can bring on that, that is easier. And often the easier thing is not what jives with your mission. I think that probably, the, probably the point you have a mission is the, maybe a definition of a mission could be something that keeps you from doing the easy things. And, I, we have to have those gut checks and we've gotten it wrong and we've gotten it right and we've turned things down that we shouldn't have and we've said yes to things that we shouldn't have. So it's, it's not a, we're not a perfect, uh, scenario, but it is usually something we just come back to. And, and let me maybe give you a couple of examples to make it a little bit more, more tangible. Um, you know, we've had in actually a couple of our markets now, we're in five markets we publish in, in Philadelphia, as you alluded to, but also in Brooklyn, Baltimore, uh, Delaware, our only statewide publication, and, and, and more recently, Washington, D.C. And already in three or four of those those, those markets, we've had our, our lead reporters in each of those markets be approached and say, hey, can you join this, this stakeholder group? We're talking about X, Y, or Z, you know, uh, tax policy or, or open data initiatives, usually something along those lines. And each time we've approached it, said, okay, can we still remain, uh, uh, you know, to our ethical, ethical bounds as being, uh, being honest brokers and stewards of this community? Uh, can we be transparent? Uh, but also, is this something that is going, that our involvement will make the conversation better and will ultimately, we think, make this community represent better? And when the answers are yes to all those questions, we go ahead and, that has challenged uh, the norms of what um, of what news organizations have traditionally done. Uh, and let me give you a, maybe a revenue example too. Uh, that's an editorial one. A, a business circumstance that we'll we'll get a lot is uh, we have that prospective sponsor or, or active sponsor or past sponsor, and we have uh, a story we're working on on the editorial side or or you know a perspective we want to have during the event and. And um, it's not the most flattering perspective, and we have to have that that moment of saying, okay, well, would ignoring or hiding or or lessening this truth make the community better? Well, no, probably not. And then we just have to say, all right, well, that's a thing we're going to do. And we've lost sponsors. We've not gained some sponsors uh, and some supporters and, and, and clients and customers, uh, depending on which of our revenue streams we're talking about, because of those things. Um, but ultimately, we believe that the longer-term picture is we're respected better and people come on and support us uh, when we do that right. But absolutely, we've lost short-term money. And so I think that's probably another real threat of the mission, that, that the, your mission is not for short-term gain. It's for long-term long-term lasting, I guess. So maybe that's a, those two mission, maybe those two definitions of a mission that, that uh, if you are, are, and there's no shame in this, but if you are just trying to make money in the short term, uh, if you're just trying to launch something and, and maybe spin it and, and, and have a small acquisition, I mean, there are lots of reasons uh, that if that's what you're doing, then maybe the strongest mission isn't what you need. Um, if you're trying to 
to have an impact on a community, um, you probably need to have one. And so that's why we've had a mission and why we've stuck to it. So, it, you know, I'm, I'm, it's funny. I didn't know how you were going to answer it. You never do in these things. But that's, uh, I think, a phenomenal example of both the editorial and obviously the business side of things. You know, but as you're speaking, it almost makes me uh, you know, look at the landscape of journalism at the macro level. And, you know, as, as the media gets more and more fragmented and there's more and more focused niche options and everyone wants to get their perspective out – is that are you are you kind of contrarian to the way that that media is headed? And I guess what I'm asking is, as an organization, do you feel like you're kind of swimming against the tide? Uh, and is it is that make it difficult to do to do some of the things you're suggesting? I mean, we've had moments where we've felt that, uh, but I mean, gosh, we joke that absolutely four or five years ago when we first started and we were talking about making our community better and, and, and mixing events, which brought sponsors together with readers. And we're doing these things that, that four or five years ago, we were getting some criticism and even sometimes, you know, behind the scenes from peers or, or even more publicly some concerns and, you know, a, a, a blog post someone might write about or, or, uh, you know, in, in an article, um, or in, in, on social web or in comments, um, there was a sense of, well, I don't know, is that, is that advocacy? And that's usually the word that, that comes up. Um, and that word's become, I think it probably should be a much more positive word, but in journalism circles, it's, it's a scary word, the word advocacy. Um, and four or five years ago, that was the concern that we're doing that. Um, and we always tried to not, not say either, because I don't think advocacy has to be a, a, a negative word, but I also didn't want to say we were doing something that we weren't, because we always tried to also remain really objective. Uh, actually, I don't even want to say objective. We've always tried to remain balanced is maybe a slightly better word, or you know, allowing for uh, to tell the most accurate portrayal. And in what's happened in the last four or five years, a lot of the things that were, as happens, so controversial then have become much more normal now. Um, B2B publishers and trade publications and business staffs have always done in, in media events. So I don't mean to say that we, you know, we were in any way uh, on the vanguard of that. We weren't, but I think we were on the vanguard of of, of trying to to really mash up readers and sources and readers uh, and sponsors. Sorry, readers, sponsors, and, and sources. Um, because we wanted to do community building, and and that was seen as as controversial, or at least maybe new to the journalism front a handful of years ago. And now that's that's the norm, um, or at least it it has to be a norm if you wanna if you wanna be a modern news organization. Um, uh, our our voice, I think, has has you know our ability to to balance what some call. Cheerleading, we get that, we get called cheerleaders both derisively and complimentary, end of the compliment, depending on who's talking. Um, but I think that voice has, has become a lot more comfortable for a lot more people that if you represent a community, you are its champion. You can challenge it. You can ask challenging questions. No, no one says that you, that you, you can't do both. Um, but I, I guess my, my answer to your question is absolutely over time we found people what what was what was strange and unorthodox for us in the past is becoming a lot more normal now and and in, in, in fact we sometimes feel like we have to challenge ourselves to do different things a, a sh- short example um, of that just uh, just last night uh, March 25th we had a 
uh, our, our, the first live recording of this monthly podcast. We do the Technically podcast. Just it's similar to our editorial coverage. Some conversations around new technology communities growing up. Uh, maybe some interviews. Uh, maybe some voices. About a half hour each month. Last night we did a live recording. And um, we we had some uh, live dancers creating sound and dance to to uh, personify tweets to try to challenge the norm. Um, we had an audio timeline of the development of a technology community that included a mixture of of, of institutions. Some were sponsors, some weren't. It was it was meant to be, and they were not there because they were sponsors. They were there because they're large institutions that represent change. Um, and we had a personal essay with. Uh, mixed up audio from an entrepreneur's interview and uh, a, 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 an academic, and it was this whole weird mixture of of breaking up what the traditional article format, challenging what an event format should be, all this stuff, and and that's been happening more in lots of different places. Again, we're not on the, necessarily in the vanguard of that. But I do think we've tried to build a track record of challenging ourselves to experiment with new ways to do what we say we're supposed to do. And it goes back to your first question. That's you have to stay true to your mission. Our mission is to make a better technology community, to, to leverage and celebrate and and um and push forward a conversation about making communities better by way of, of a, a, a smart leading technology community. And and so we keep trying to see what are different ways that we can do that. Uh, and so I think the answer to your question is, um, I hope we keep finding times that we're, that we're swimming against the current, because that's us trying to continue to challenge ourselves. We'll do traditional stuff. We're doing some of the same things we did five years ago, and we'll keep doing that. It's the bedrock of what we do. But I hope we always have a couple examples every year of us really stretching and challenging ourselves to do what we say we want to do. Well, that's you know. I, first of all, I love that. I didn't realize you did that. I'll, I'll have to go check it out. Did you? I'm assuming it's recorded as well. Did you record it so you could... Exactly. Recorded last night, and and, uh, and we happen each month. So that's basically our April edition. So uh, um, depending on when this comes out, it, it'll be uh, April first, uh, I think, is that Wednesday, is next Wednesday. Uh, but it's always yeah, the first first Wednesday of the month, the, the next Technically podcast comes out. So uh, yeah, next Wednesday, I believe it's coming out. Where do you host it? Uh, so last night we did it in our offices in Philadelphia, first round capital. Uh, headquarters and uh, in, in, in where we're based currently uh, in Philadelphia University City, um, uh, but we—it's the first time we've ever done it live. Normally, it's a, you know a normal podcast that we do uh, uh, and, and do recorded interviews, um, but we'll, we'll you know they'll they'll range where we're doing those. So listen, I it's I really love that idea, right? Because I think it exemplifies exactly what we're talking about: is how do you stay true to the mission, but how do you keep pushing things forward? So my next question would be: is was how cognizant are you as far as mapping out your year, your quarter, even your month? I mean, you know, it's you're more of obviously again. I think you guys are obviously journalists at heart, but you're also businessmen, right? You have to you have to you have to eat, right? So and you talked a little bit earlier about the realities of uh, revenue decisions. So my question is. How conscious are you and, and how disciplined are you to say, okay, this is where – here's the one challenging thing we're going to do. And maybe it's a category or maybe it's a specific thing, but how how far in advance do you actively plan those things out or is it more of, um, of a kind of fluid planning cycle? Yeah, we have gotten a lot better at being much more forward-looking at editorial schedule, event schedule, but we always end up allowing for some – Movement because we just recognize that's what happens. You know, we're at, we're still at our core news organization, and so we try to let uh, new narratives change. So, 
Um, a small example, uh, or maybe the, the, the example in the fall, um, in, you know, fall 2014, we began that sketching out of what 2015 really had to look like. You know, so coinciding with the normal budgeting for the year, you know, what our projections are, what, what, you know, what revenue, what, what costs, all that kind of normal stuff, we say, all right, well, what, 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 uh, you know, events is about uh, a little less than two thirds of our revenue. So events, the you know, our events team, Kate Glushko is our events director. We we have that conversation. All right, well, what events are we committing to? Some of those anchors already exist. Um, but then we'll also say, all right, well, here's what we want to grow in digital revenue. Here, blah 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 blah. Um, okay, we also have we'll have uh, a few different uh, kind of we usually call them new idea, <laughs> and they sit in the budget as new idea. For the next few months, uh, and then we do kind of a reporting thing, and that's trying to find what that new idea is. So, for a new market like DC, we're just a few months old in DC. Uh, we have a new idea, and we are actively in the course of meeting new 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 sources and sponsors and partners and friends and colleagues. We are like having the back of our mind. What's that new idea? What's that event? Is it large scale? Is it small? Is it something that'll be annualized? Is, is it a one-off event? And we try to find where wh- what is something in this community that we could do that fits our mission, but also would benefit that community. So we're trying to find a way we fit into the existing narrative. So the answer is absolutely. We have here are these you know these 15 to 30 events that we know we're going to do locked book them. Let's start getting that together. And then we have a few question marks. Um, so for this, you know, this live podcast is just an example where we had a question mark for doing some kind of preview event for Philly tech week, which comes up April, April 17th, April 25th. We organize that in Philly. One of our largest things we do, uh, largest event series we do Philly tech has got details. Um, we had put, the idea of we always do a preview every year. What that preview is is ranged wildly because we always like to experiment with something new. Um, and so maybe a couple months ago, maybe January or so, like, all right, okay, what what really is this preview this year? And, and we've been we've been slowly growing this podcast of ours. We're an events organization in, in in part, so we wanted to do a live podcast. It felt like a it's something it's a new experiment. It felt like it could relate and, and be kind of a, a de facto preview for Philly Tech Week. And so we kind of mashed those two together. So that's an example where. You know, that was a decision just a couple months ago to even do it. And the topics and subject matters, um, you know, in, in my case, for the piece that I did yesterday in the podcast talking to an entrepreneur, it was built on breaking news that, that he is going to be, you know, he, he's a small entrepreneur in one of our other markets. Um, and he'll be leaving. And that felt like a really important story. And we told it in, in a broader contextual way. So that's a, this to give you the sense of scale. So last fall, we knew we, were, we would broadly have some event in this range. Two months ago, we tightened what the actual uh, idea would be and kind of launched the you know, ticketing page and the plan. And then as, as recently as a week ago, we were still finalizing what actually the pro, you know, what the, the, the content was. That's how we try to balance both being a news organization but also being an events business. And maybe that's interesting, right, that an events business is often you're trying to do things a year or more in advance. And a news business is trying to do it hours in advance. And so we've tried to find a way to, to, to mash both those things together.
Uh, that's great. I mean, I, I love the, uh, first of all, that's a great description because I think companies of all sizes, regardless of what business they're in, face the very, you know, very similar cadence, uh, very similar, uh, you know, decision-making and trade-offs. So you guys seem like you've grown up and, and done a good job of, of identifying and, and executing that way. But, and, and I want to ask you one question about how you bring people into the organization, right? Because you have more employees than, you know, you did a couple years ago. So how important has it been to find the right mix of employees to come in that are going to understand? the mission, be passionate about it, and then work in this capacity to constantly be evaluating, are we doing these things for the right reasons and to better the community and also advance our purpose? Yeah, hard as hell. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's everything, right? I mean, you, like, it's, it's, it's hard to, this is the, the cliche of any, any business interview, but it's hard to overstate how important the people are. Uh, the model is really valuable. Um, you know, what we do, who's in, who's out, all that stuff is super valuable and incredibly important. And, and it's, 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 it's our roadmap, but you know, whatever the, 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 the engine are the people who are here. So, um, uh, I think a few thoughts on that. Um, one, we try to be really explicit in any interviewing process. Uh, I know that I pretty quickly, or at least always try to, pretty quickly in the interview process, I always try to find some time where I am convincing the other person why they shouldn't work here. And that's, I think, one of the most effective and, and discreet and, and specific pieces of advice I could ever give anyone. Any interview process, I think you should you should spend some portion of that time saying, here are the reasons you should not work here. And and we've had people where we're like, yep, that person, that, that didn't, they didn't want to work here anymore. And you're like, that's good, good. Um, every organization on the planet has reasons why it's great to work there and reasons why it's not great to work there. Um, and I would much rather we highlight the ones that are not. And so for us, it is that mixture of both at the time we're in, hey, we're a few years old, but we're, we're so we're kind of outgrowing the, the, the startup world. We're trying to be a little more stable, but we're still a small team, we're eight people, nine people. So people are still playing, still having to pick up a few various roles. We're still stretching. You know, I have to highlight those. And, and that's either really exciting for some people. I get I get to learn some new schools, skill sets. I get to challenge myself. My role will evolve. And other people will see that as, oh, gosh, my role will evolve. I hate that. And that's fine either way. The only problem is when you figure it out once you've already taken the job. Uh, so probably the most, most specific advice is I will, I will pretty quickly when I size, uh, you know, when I have a sense of someone we're talking to and, and I have some sense of what I think their interests are, I will try to target whatever I, whatever I'm guessing this person might not like if we're a year out, uh, a year later, what, what might this person not have liked about coming on here and say, hey, this is going to happen and try to scare them, try to say this is not, this is, this is why you will not like this organization. Because I would rather that person say, yeah, you know, you know what, you're right. I wouldn't like that. I, this is not right for me. Um, so I think that's probably the most discreet thing. Um, uh, and th- then once someone's on your team, it, it's and I'm still developing. I'm, I'm I'm only a handful of years into into managing people, so I'm still learning the lessons of 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 building that trust. Um, it's so hard. Uh, you have to have sometimes just have faith that you know you'd only be here. You'd only show up if you cared what we did. And and so we try to have a lot of a lot of flexibility, but it's hard. And I don't I don't always get that right. Also, I I, I sometimes I, I look back and I and I I got it wrong. Uh, I was too hard on someone, or or not hard enough, or was hard in the wrong time. Um, and those are lessons that I'm constantly learning, and, and I think probably we all are as managers. Um, 
uh, or, or and manager is probably a terrible word, but but you know team members uh, that you have to find the right way to motivate each person, and it, and it is a little bit different. Um, and that's probably the the real lesson is that you have to have a little trust um, because yeah, if, if, if person's not doing their work or person's not doing it right or person's not representing you well, they, they, they won't last. They won't last. So uh, in the near term, you have to have that, that faith you're going to do me right and give them those opportunities. And, and if it's not working, then then it shouldn't work. Um, we've we've twice had people who have been part of the team who we said, you know, this is not working. And that's maybe maybe the last thing that's that I'll, I'll say is, is, is definitely always the hardest, as everyone always says, that no one likes to fire, no one wants to. Um, and and it, for us, it's it's a it's not a thing we enjoy, um, and we haven't done it a lot, thankfully. But we've done it a couple times, um, and both times it was I think everyone was ha- happier afterward. It just wasn't going to work. It wasn't working, um, and I think that's that is the hardest thing to know. When do you when do you give up on a person for that organization at that time? Uh, and that's important. Doesn't mean it's forever. Um, but that's been a really hard, a hard lesson for us to learn. But you got to do that. It, it's just you know, cut your losses, right? Um, and uh, and that's an important lesson for sure. Now, look, I I, I love that you talked about trust because I I couldn't agree with you more. I think the the element of trust is probably, and it's not written enough. I don't think people write enough about it. There's always like engagement and work life balance and all these other things. But I think for and that's again, I've been talking to a lot of business leaders in and around the Philadelphia region and. I think to a to a person, they all talk about trust, and you know, I, I think in a small organization, it's even more important because it becomes almost more communal, almost almost like a family than it does a business. So I'm really encouraged to hear you say that. Yeah, and and, and yeah, it's important to know that you don't. I, yeah, I don't always. Those are words that I want to live by. Those are not words that I always live by, uh, but I certainly hope to do to get better at it. Sure. So listen, Chris, I want to be respectful of your time, so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. I want to thank you for, uh, for taking time out of your day to join me. And again, uh, you mentioned it earlier, but Tech Week, uh, Philly Tech Week is April 17th through the 25th. Uh, I encourage everybody to check it out. And also look at uh, Technically. It's uh, technical.ly. And these guys, I'm, I'm a huge fan of what they're doing, and I, I really do believe in their mission. They're, they live it. I think they're exemplary. So I would encourage everybody to go check it out. So Chris, thanks so much for, for taking time out today. Thank you for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it.